of y'all look starved down. You may have missed, uh, you know, a little hurricane may have messed you around this week or whatever, and you hadn't been to church in seven days or four days. And so we're going to remedy that. We're going to fix you. We're going to feed you the word. The anointing of God's going to change your life. The Zoe life is going to come into you, and it's going to turn things around for you. Hallelujah. And if you're already turned around, it's going to give you a little rocket to take you down the road. Amen. We're on something. The Lord himself said that this was the year of overflow. If you'll judge yourself, in other words, if you'll yield to what God tells you, he said on the other side of that door is overflow, increase, more than enough, something you've never had. But there is something on our side. There's, we got we to gotta go through the door. Doors are for two things, either let something in or to take something out. Well, sometimes we need to take something out. And we sure need to let the anointing of God in. Well, I go to Word of Life, and we're just the hottest ticket in town. Well, that doesn't mean a thing. If we were, it wouldn't mean a thing if it's not happening to you. <laughs> I said, if it's not working in you, it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. We can't, have, we can't live on the slopped-over blessing. That I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed that somebody else got blessed. That's what lots of Christians, there's just a sprinkling of, of those that get blessed in a service, and everybody goes out saying, "Woo, wasn't that a great service? And what they mean is, I, look, I enjoyed getting somebody else blessed or seeing somebody else blessed. But it's not good enough anymore. In these days that we live, we got to have it for ourselves. Amen. we got to get in there ourselves. Naaman had to dip seven times. Yes. Six just didn't get it. He wasn't six, seven healed when he come up six times. He was no more healed after six than he was before he ever went down there. But after number seven, it happened. So we got to get through the door. We got to get through the door. I'll tell you, this, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. This is number four for me. This is, the, uh, you know, not four weeks ago, but when this started, the Lord spoke into my heart that morning. He said, when's the last time you did something for the first time? Long time, Lord. <laughs> In some areas... In other words, when, when have you just got up and given something that you'd never given? In other words, we'd given $1,000 for the first time in 1982 at camp meeting. My wife and I, we loaded up and gave $1,000. Hallelujah. Come on down here, brother, and obey God. Just obey God. Be blessed. Be blessed. Do something for the first time. Hallelujah. And get over in there. Get over in there. Get over in there. That's where God wants you is over in there. Hallelujah. You're not too late. Y'all are not too late. Could be your own time. But if you wasn't, you're not too late. Woo, praise God. That's not lunch money either. Hallelujah. You know, the, I don't know what's in there, but the widow put in two, and Jesus said a great thing has happened today. So we got to go through the door. What is the door? Well, whatever it is to you, you know what the door is. And when's it, you know, we gave $1,000 in 1982, and it was, a, it was a busting out for us. We, we, had, we had pulled out of our lives something, $1,000. Now, I don't know, maybe you give it every week. I already know it's not here if you do, so <laughs> hallelujah. But, you know, so, so maybe that you've already busted that door down. But it's been 20 years maybe. Well, that's not good enough. We could almost say you had never if it's been 20 years since you did. So sometimes you got to freshen up. <laughs> well, back in, you know, back in 73, I did, a, you know, I did a jig before the Lord. Woo, that was old. You may need freshening up. 
I, you know, we need fresh up. So when's the last time you did something for the first time? Well, everybody's got something in here that in some dimension, some realm, you need to do something for the first time. In other words, you've got to freshen up. You've got to get unstuck. You've got to get unstuck. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read it together. Verse 3. King James, do the best you can. Ready? Read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, you know, we've been blessed. So now we ought to express it. You ought to smile this morning. I told you all Wednesday night that what we were going to do this morning was we were going to sing in the song service, which would be doing something for the first time for some of y'all. I was in South Carolina next last Sunday, and I looked back at the congregation, and some of them were just, you know, they were, they're happy on the inside, although no evidence is on the outside, and the song's leaders are just singing, and it's cool, they're, they're, they're getting it, and it's, it's right and good and everything, and they're just sitting there, just waiting for the train to pass, or waiting for the, you know, the ticket to come, or waiting, you know, for the pastor to get up, you know, just waiting, and an opportunity was in front of them. It was the door was open saying, come on in, and they thought it was singing, but that wasn't it at all. Sometimes if you hadn't sung during the song service, for whatever reason, I don't like the songs. Well, sometimes I don't like the songs either, but we always tell Kevin, and then he doesn't like them, and then we don't sing them anymore. <laughs> Amen. So if I don't like it, Miss Debbie doesn't like it, you won't hear it again. <laughs> Membership has its privileges, Hallelujah. So, you know, sometimes and you say, well, I don't like the songs. So? Your kids didn't like everything you cooked when they was growing up. But you told them, you will eat this. <laughs> There's hungry children in China. <laughs> and you thought it was right. Well, the Lord's saying, sing it. If you don't like it, just, just get past it. Praise the Lord, however it comes out. Hallelujah. Or you may say, well, I don't sing. It's, it's bad. Listen, bad's up here on the front row right where I sit. That's bad. It's not good where I sing. But we sing anyway. Because this isn't some, you know, American Idol thing. This is just me and Jesus, and you're helping me. I'm going to help you do something, get over there, get free, and get unstuck. Amen. We need to. So the first time, we looked at, we're going to review some things or whatever, but the first time, when you do something for the first time, it moves the boundaries. Did y'all know that every one of us have boundaries around our life? You have a boundary, whether it's self-imposed or whether the devil's imposed it on you. Maybe you have a physical handicap of some kind of challenge in your life, and you go, well, I don't do that. I can't do that. And you, you, so you're bound. Or maybe you don't see 2020 anymore, so when you don't have your glasses, you're bound. You're, you're limited. You have a boundary. Maybe you can't, maybe you don't make $20,000 a month. And you go, but I, you know, I, whatever. You, you're, we're all limited in some dimension. We can do this my way or you can do this <laughs> your way, but we are. We're limited. So when you do something for the first time, even though it takes everything in you sometimes to do it. Just it's like, oh God, here I go. This morning, didn't, I mean, I don't want to talk about me, but I'm just, I'm just telling you how, how it works for me. I'm just like all week long, I, I just like, I, I, need, I need something. I need, to, I need to get myself back. need to, you know, just, just, uh, just by virtue of doing these meetings and having this thing going on. You just got, and so I just said, I, I, I want to run. I want to run, but I've never run except after, I've never run during the song service. So I said, well, God, this would be for the first time. 
and all by myself. So I did, and it was just like, yes, the boundaries, the borders, the, 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 the limits moved back. Now I can do it at will. I'll never have to do it for the first time again. Say the first time is the best time. Yeah, because it moves it back, and now you've got a new thing to do for the first time. You'll never have to be able to do that for the first time again. So now you, you're bigger, you're larger, you're, there's more potential. There's, you're not where you were, there's increase there. We're going to talk about this this morning. Hallelujah. So here's the deal. If you're satisfied with all you see and all that you have, and if all you care about and all you dream about is you, and if you already have your life planned out and you're real happy with your life plan, then you won't be interested in these things. You won't be interested in pioneering, of stepping out, of taking new ground, of first times. Because you're already on course. You're already all that you want to be. You won't be interested in taking risks. If you're satisfied and if your whole life's all about me, I mean, concerning you, it's all about me. You know, if I can take care of me, it's all about me, I don't care. Then this isn't for you. You're not going to be happy in God's kingdom from this time forward. Not just at this church, but in the kingdom. This is just where we gather in the kingdom. Now, see, this family that I know of has never done this before. Don't even know what he's done. Don't, don't have a clue. It's, it's not like we can even tell. But it's not for us. It's for them. But thank God we have an atmosphere here that we can even do that. There's an anointing here. There's an availability here. There's an environment here that will allow us to increase our lives. In other words, we're not just going to heaven. Well, I'm saved, and I know that I am. I'm going to heaven, but it sure is hell down here right now. But some fine day when this life is over, you know that kind of thinking that says we're supposed to suffer down here and do without and, and be like the Lord in suffering. No, that's not it. He said, I've come that you might have all of heaven here on earth and have it to the full. Well, why aren't we? Because we've got stuck. Because we thought good enough was good enough. And because we started caring what people thought. We started, letting, we started looking at them, looking at us, and saying, I wonder what you're looking at me for. And so we start looking inside and thinking, well, you know, I, I may have got a little wild there. I need to tone it down. And it all happened to us. You either came out of the world to a church like this or you came out of something a little slower, <laughs> a little less tolerant, a little, a little closer boundaries. But something's happened already this morning. Well, God, it happened last week, and it happened the week before, and it happened the week before. Why, it's going on seven days a week right now with me. I'm not just waiting to do something at church. We just get to come and work it out and, and, uh, and produce it here in church. So if, if you're not... If you're all about you, then, and if you're thinking, I wonder what people are thinking, then you're going to have a hard time going to heaven. And I'll tell you, God's got this preview about heaven that he wants to play out here on the earth. He doesn't want it to be this thing where we're suffering and grinding it out, and, hurt, and then all of a sudden we go clean over there. He wants us, the Bible says in two places, to have days of heaven here on earth. Well, we're going to have to live outside of the earth, the, the mentality and the, the, the boundaries of this earth, if we're going to have days of heaven. In other words, they don't just come on, you just stand in there saying, God, if you can bless me, hit me. Yeah. If you can do anything, God, here I am, I'll let you. Well, he wants to. But you got to, here it is, you got to produce a place for him. Yeah. 
Like the widow, she had to go and borrow every pan before the oil ever started. And when, the, when every pan was full, every, what, what did they call it? Not pan, but vessel, bowl, yeah, whatever. All she could borrow, said borrow not a few. Then, then that's how much she had. How much did she have? How much she drug into her house, that's how much she had. She didn't have one quart more than what she had. God didn't just suspend a quart up here and say, you know, this is for the, this is for the rainy day. No, it was what was in her house that she went out and drug. So, y'all, we got to drag some pans in here, some pots in here, some vessels in here. We got to drag them into our life because when this thing starts pouring out, it won't be the same for everybody. It'll be what you prepared for, what you made a place for, what you stretched and did something for the first time. Because when you do that, when you stretch out for the first time, now it's yours. It's yours when you do it. When you do it, it becomes yours. Until then, it's somebody else getting blessed, and you're just sitting there going, Woo! Praise God! We're, we're so happy. But it's him that got blessed. Amen. I went home the same. And I don't want to go home the same. Knowing that he, you know, look at Paul and you go, That's nothing special. <laughs> well, I mean, he is, but I mean, and Tabitha sure thinks he is, but I'm going, you go, This isn't, this isn't you know, go, Oh, God, if I could just be Paul Jarnigan. Oh, but I know that's impossible. No, it's for everyone. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's, let's get some rules for doing stuff for the first time. Let's, get some, let's find out what the Word says about this, because it's not silent. This isn't, this is, we don't want to work of the flesh. Now, let's get that straight out here right now. We don't want to work of the flesh in here. We're not trying to get to be a running church or a hopping church or a dancing church. We're not trying to upgrade this thing or change it. And y'all go, you know, it was such a sweet little church until they started doing that running around, you know. You know, track shoes. You park your pumps at the door and put on these, uh, these Nikes and, you know, it's standard fare now. No, we're not that. We're not going there. We're not going there. That's, that's you know, but on the other hand, we can go anywhere that the Lord leads us. And if that's where he's leading us now, well, so be it. And we're not going to be concerned about, well, what if? What if this church becomes that? And what if that's required? And it embarrasses me when they have to run around and when they shout. It embarrasses me. And, and you know, I don't know what you're thinking. But I'll tell you, you're not doing very good at hiding it. It's all over you. Amen? Those that like it have caught it. Well, it's like it's on you. And them that are still looking is going, hmm. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, says, let's read the first verse, let's read verse 13 together, the first half, first part, I mean. Ready, read. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Let's read it again. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. One more time. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Well, I did some research on that. And uh, the word gird there... Isn't that a great word, gird? Hallelujah. This is what it said in my Bible dictionary. It's derived from the practice of the Orientals who in order to be unimpeded in their movements were accustomed when starting a journey or engaging in any work to bind their long flowing garments closely around their bodies and fasten them with a leather belt. Gird up. They would say, you know, gird up your loins is what the where we've seen that in the Old Testament. The Bible says when Elijah ran after the chariot, after Ahab, it says he gird up his loins, his loins being his legs. And, you know, the, back then the boys wore dresses. Just another reason to be in the last days. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, thank God, Garland. 
<laughs> oh, what a pretty dress you have. <laughs> Praise God. So they would gird up so they could do it. They could move. They could, they could get the job done. They would gird up. And, and I always thought they just like the, like the pioneer girls, you know, they would pull them up at their knees and just pull them up and scoot along. But the, here it says they would pull them up and put a belt on there and have both hands free ready to do business. But here Peter uses it in a different sense. He uses that thing that was known to them. And he said, wherefore gird up the, lo- gird up the, the loins of your mind. Um, the NIV says this, set your mind for action. That's what we got to do in this end time. What you used to think and how you were raised, you can't blame anybody. I was raised wrong. We were all raised in the, even if if you had the best, you were raised in the limitation of that hour. We've come into a new hour. This is a new day. What what mom and daddy taught you in Sunday school and how you were raised, praise God. Thank God for the pastors that that held the line against sin. And, And we say that, you know, the liquor thing or the lottery thing in Alabama, if it wasn't for the Baptists, we'd all be, you know, driving over stubs. You know, because we'd have a lottery if it wasn't for the Baptists. So there's nothing wrong with that, but but there's a new thing. And so we, we, can't, we can't say, well, this is how I was raised. Well, thank God. Limits are the good part, but get past it because this is a new day. And he says, set your mind for action. The Bible says, set your mind for action. The Beck says, get mentally ready for action. The message says, put your mind in gear. Sounds just like the message. Put your mind in gear. Hallelujah. The Phillips said, brace up your minds. The Weymouth says, prepare your minds. The contemporary version says, be alert and think straight. I like that. You know, the church has gone to sleep because we know it by heart. We've just not done anything new for the first time in so long. We can do it by, by sleep. Just gather up all the bulletins in town, all the Methodists, the Presbyterian, the Baptists, the Church of Christ. Gather up their bulletins and then, and then uh, exchange them. You know, you take this one, you take this one, and go back to their churches and they wouldn't know if they got theirs or not. Because it's, it's, just, it's just stuck, stuck, and stuck. First, second, and fourth verse. The, the interlude, and the prelude, and the benediction, and the offering, and the, and the message. And, and, and I mean, you can't, you can't bulletin that stuff. Just by virtue of saying that you can means that you don't intend to deviate. And we're not on bulletins now. I'm not saying. I'm just giving you, and I'm not on them. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying the whole Christian world is stuck. And and it's not like, whoo, we're proud because we're not. We have been so stuck. (laughs) Word of faith, Pentecostal, run the aisle, speak in tongues, so stuck. Gave $20,000 last year, so stuck. Got healed of this or that, so stuck. It just doesn't matter that you did something and you got something. It's a frame of mind. Set your mind for action. That was yesterday that I got healed and got $20,000 given to me and got out of debt. And my, and, 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 but, but what's going on today? What's new for right now? i got to have something new right now. Or I'll get stuck by the weekend again. When's the last time you did something for the first time? We can't, we just can't, you know, these old testimonies. This full gospel businessman that stands up, you know, they want you to stand up and give a testimony that's 20 years old. Dear Lord, 
You're disqualified now. If you don't have something fresher than that, you're, you're a relic. You're, you're, a, you're an event that happened. You are, you're on the timeline when God was moving from where he was to where he's going. You're just a mark on there somewhere. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just say, oh, yeah, we stopped right here and everybody just did the same thing. No, he's moving. And the Bible promises are yes and amen. And he said he made me wealthy. So I can't stay here at my present financial strata. Because it ain't wealthy yet. I'm talking about what I am spending. I'm not talking about my confession. I'm talking about it hadn't happened. I believe, now this is, a, this is subject to whatever, but I'll just put it out there and you can think about it, that because Solomon was an Old Testament guy, an Old Covenant guy, that the New Covenant guy, because we have a better covenant, cannot have a lesser demonstration and manifestation than an Old Testament guy, an Old Covenant guy. In other words, I think Solomon is the mark that we must pass. I think it's not a better covenant if Solomon had more. I think if Jesus and the apostles could cast out devils better than us, that it's not, because they, they didn't even have the Bible then. They were writing the Bible. So all they had was when Paul went and talked to Peter and went and talked to James, and, and they said, "Woo, yeah, this is what's happening, and this is how the Lord appeared to me. But they didn't have something you could just go to, and the very life of God would come into your, into your very spirit, man, when you would meditate that word and receive the word of God. So if we have to go back there to see the mark, we are the most wretched of all people. He's fresh, y'all. He's now, y'all. And it's not like, well, let's go to this church. They have the gifts of the Spirit. That doesn't mean anything. The Corinthians had the gifts of the Spirit. And were a little lusty on the side, you might say, and a little perverted in their thinking, and a little bit uh, carnal. <laughs> so we can't say, we got the gifts, we speak in tongues, we run the aisles. It means nothing. But what are you doing for increase in the Lord Jesus? How, is it, how does it look when you break out? When you don't stand still, when you make a move on God? It'll look different, but we don't care. We're not taking notes. We don't even talk about you much. In the sense of, well, did you see that? Woo! It's like, yeah, we love it. It's like, thank God, thank God we're getting unstuck as a church. Why are we getting unstuck as a church? We've got Tuscaloosa County... Alabama, the southeast, and the nations. And we have to have something if we're going to give them something. We got to set ourselves. Now, listen, the Baptists, the Baptists. Now, y'all just excuse me when I go here because I was one longer than I haven't been, but I'm just saying the Baptists are lifting their hands. Watch Gardendale. They're lifting their hands. They're singing the choruses. They're, they're, they're jimmy-jamming, you know. It's woo, praise God. So you can't say that it's that. Thank God. And, and the Baptist, I always told my Baptist friend in Seminole, my pastor friend, I said, dear Lord Lawrence, or uh, what was his name? Anyway, I said, you know, one of these days y'all are going to say you invented all this stuff, that courses was y'all's idea, that, that lifting your hands was y'all's idea. He laughed because he knew it was true. <laughs> okay, gird up the loins of your mind. Be instant, in season. Excuse me, not instant. Set your mind for action. Uh, verse 14, let's go there. Are you there? As obedient children, not fashioning yourself, uh-oh, 
according to the former lusts and your ignorance. He said, set your mind for action so you won't go back to where you came from. Do y'all know that we will go back if we don't keep going forward? Oh, I'm here and it'll always be here. No, backsliding is very slippery. It can get on you and teflonize you and make you move back. People don't know they're backslid when they're backslid. But we see it from a distance, don't we? Y'all know when somebody's backslid? Oh, y'all are so kind, so walking in love today. But it's the truth. We know when people are backslid. We know we can measure the fire. We can feel the heat. We know, but we can hardly tell on ourselves. That's why we have to come to church. Because the word then will convict you. The word of God will come in and measure you. The word of God will come in and tell you, yeah, you ain't, you ain't such hot. Well, Lord, I used to do this, and I've got this, and I was an apostle, and I was a bishop, and I was this evangelist, and God. It doesn't matter. What's hot today is all that matters. Amen. The Amplified of verse 14 says this, because I want to, it says, do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that govern you. The, um, um, fashioning yourselves according to the former less. Well, you know, that sounds pretty naughty. That sounds pretty, you know, lascivious or, you know, but what it means is, is that don't go back. Whatever it was, if, if, if you've never been into some sexual thing or some perverted thing or whatever, you've been straight-laced and, and, and down the line, all it's, it's still talking about limited ways of thinking, the things that governed your life. I mean, I asked somebody one time, because when we first got spirit-filled, we were a wild little couple, hallelujah, and so someone that was in my family came and said, said, you know, this ain't right. This just is not right. And I said, okay, well, what do you believe then? You know, if I'm not right, tell me, what do you believe? And he said, I don't know. Whatever the Baptists believe is what I believe. And you go, this is great. You know, I'm being assaulted by something that doesn't even know what they believe. They just know they joined somebody that knows what they believe. So we got to know. We got to know. What do you believe? Your life is a reflection of what you believe. Mark eleven twenty three is working for all of us this morning. Whatsoever things ye desire, when you pray, believe you take them, and ye shall manifest or demonstrate them. So everyone this morning is demonstrating what you've taken based on your desires, your 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 what's inside of you. Well, we need an upgrade, y'all. We need to not only be healed; we need to be healers. Myself, I I, I got to get I got to get get everything worked out. I got to do something for the first time in healing. No, I'm not afflicted. I'm not stricken. I'm not anything. I'm just, you know, but just got things going on that, that are just like they're not demanding anything. But on the other hand, they're an affront. It's like now I, I, I've taken care of big stuff. I've had some, some pretty major messes back there, and I had to deal with it and got past it. But now I've got to do something for the first time. Do something you've never done before, which is deal with stuff that's not, Critical, not terminal, not, not even aggravating that much. But it's just a lie. So we've got to go somewhere. We're going to go past running and shouting. We're going to go to healing the sick. Signs and wonders. How many of you all like to see blind eyes opened here at Word of Life Church? Woo! Blind opens. Could not see. And now, you know, honey, how many letters do I have up? Well, you got six fingers. I mean, you got five fingers. 
Why, that'd be something cool. You know, it's not going to be Brother Evangelist, Mr. Miracle Worker comes in. I'm almost certain that's not how it's going to happen. Really, I want it to happen with us. But now, we're not, we're not locking anybody out. We're not scheduling according to that. We're just saying, why not us? It's the same life. Amen. So we're going to have to move on from who or where we were, and we've got to enter into the now. Say the now. Faith is now. Whatever you got going is because of what you got going now. Thank God for what you had going then. It got you to now. But now won't, but you got to have now to go to the next step. You can't get to the next step based on how you got to this place. And thank God we got filled with the Holy Ghost. You, I just thank God how close I came to not being Pentecostal, not being filled with the Holy Ghost. I thank God that I didn't wind up in some, you know, thing that even was Pentecostal, but didn't have anything that had faith or the Word in it. I thank God. Because it was just a narrow little edge that Debbie and I could have, we could have walked the other way just that easy in the natural and missed all of this. And I would have been the best whatever I would have been there as well as here. But thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Well, that wasn't the end of it. Now there's more. We can't say, well, you know, I've arrived. You hadn't arrived at anything. You've just now got an opportunity to open a door to something. You know how people say, I said all that to say this? Now this is what God's saying. He's, he's getting ready to say this. He got you here by several means, but now is what he wants to talk about. So I got to get ready for the unexpected. Say unexpected. Oh, we got to get ready for the unexpected. It's not as it has been, and it never will be again. Oh, it will be for most people, but not for me. Because I've been changed. I've been reborn, <laughs> and I've seen the light. So it's the unexpected, the suddenlies. Dear Lord, suddenlies. One day just opened an envelope that Colin had got at our old house. Colin lives where we used to live, and so we had been gone five years. And he got a piece of mail. And you know, the, we had a real good mail person then. You know, they're supposed to chunk that stuff. You know, the forwarding thing's one year. But he delivered it. And Colin, um, he chunks a bunch of our stuff. Trash, trash, trash. But he hauled this to us, he, you know, on a Sunday night. We'd been believing God. And all of a sudden, a check for $9,000 is in our hands. Suddenly, unexpectedly, didn't have a clue. And it just showed up. I mean, you couldn't, you, you say, give you a hundred chances of who could have sent it. And they wouldn't have been on the hundred person list. Really. Wouldn't have been on the hundred person list. Had a hundred people. I don't know if it'd be a hundred, but there's a lot of folks in front of this couple that did it. And had a little note that says, uh, what'd they say, babe? Yeah, love you guys. Just wanted to bless you. Woo! Praise God. Well, see, now I've done something I've never done before. That's not going to be the unexpected or the first time anymore. I can receive checks for $9,000 anytime at will. Because I've gone in there. And, you know, you say, well, you didn't do it. They did it. But I opened my heart in some unrelated ways. Debbie and I, we believed God in some things concerning obedience and concerning just being open that didn't have anything to do with 9,000. In other words, we weren't sowing seed for 9,000, and we didn't have this big need that just said 9,000, 9,000. It had nothing. Really, the figure went about 100 different ways when we got through paying off everything. So it wasn't like we had this big thing. But now we can, we can, God crashed in. <laughs> And now I'm used to it. Say, I'm used to it. 
Yeah, see, you got to get used to this. You got to get where you just are used to it, where it just is like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, we, we marvel at John G. Lake and those guys, Smith Wigglesworth, their boldness. They didn't get there in one afternoon. They didn't read a scripture and go, this is it, and become changed. They opened many doors. They did many things for the first time. They just continually took steps of boldness until that's what it looked like one day. So if you want to look like that someday, you've got to look like something like that today. Because if we keep on doing what we've been doing, we're going to keep on having what we've been having. <laughs> and that ain't good enough. We need a visitation from God. We need demonstrations. I'm talking about some yeah, buddy demonstrations. Uh, it's not good enough to just grow legs out anymore. Pastor Buzzy talks about that. You know, that's old hat. That in the charismatic thing in the 70s, everybody was growing them out. Yeah, grow this one out and then grow it back. Grow this one out, grow it back. Woo, woo. You know, just almost sacrilegious. It was just so easy. It was just so common. It was just everywhere. Just, you know, you got back trouble? Come up here. Get a chair. Put them hips back. Woo, grow it out. See that husband? Yeah, oh, yeah. Just all the time. So we got that mastered. But now there's multiple sclerosis, and there's, there's uh, what else is there? There's all these things. We need to just take them at will. Well, you don't just get there. You've got you to run the room a time or two before you can raise the dead. Don't be talking about God about raising the dead when you hadn't run the room. Don't be talking to God about, I want a $9,000 check if you're not a tither. If you're not a tither, don't even go there and insult majesty on high. <laughs> don't insult majesty by saying, I, I'm, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you'll give me. <laughs> don't do that. you got to do something if you're not a tither. And I'm not talking about we tithe some months and some months we don't. Tithing is either you're tithing, you tithe on all of it, or you're a giver that doesn't tithe. you got to be a tither. So don't be talking about that. For you, it's not necessarily this until you've been putting the tithe in. We've got to be tithers. Well, why? I believe it's Old Testament. I believe it's... Forget all that. God wants you to give, and it's way more than 10%. So just mark the first 10% tithe. You know, just get it in the slot like God wants it. Because when you tithe, you're not near through giving. God doesn't say, 10% is all we're looking for. No, he wants all of it. <laughs> he wants all of it. But you can't handle it. I can't handle it. So I'm increasing. Buddy Harrison, which is Brother Hagin's son-in-law, he used to say this. He... Uh, he said, uh, I live on 10 and I tithe 90. And he said, at my present style of living, it takes a big cash flow to live on 10. But God just did it. Harrison House is who he is. And he used to fix all the Brother Hagin stuff and got him all fixed up where he was. Anyway, where am I? Sometimes, I got this wrote down, I'll, tell you, I'll just read what I got here and then we'll just see what happens. Sometimes you cannot get rid of something old. Y'all ever had that? It's like, I can't get rid of this, it's on me. Sometimes you just have to do something you've never done before and it crowds out the old. 
In other words, like salvation, you can't get good enough to get saved. You just got to get saved, and the stuff that you thought you had to get rid of to get saved, it just, it just falls off. You just got to get saved nasty. You just got to get saved weird. You just got to get saved sinny. <laughs> you just got to get saved. And then once you get saved, you, you, you got to get, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and you don't feel like the vessel's too good. It is. It's pure by the blood. But you just got to get filled with the Holy Ghost and just say, when I get the power, then I'll work out the stuff that needs power. <laughs> well, I don't feel like I'm worthy to be healed because I got healed one time and then I, you know, went back into the world and I lost my healing. I just couldn't ask the Lord. Forget that mess. Get healed. Get healed. Be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and get healed. Just get healed. Right where you are. Take a step. Praise God. So we got to make plans to never do certain things for the first time again. Let me say that again. we got to make plans that we'll never do certain things, whatever it is for you, for the first time again. In other words, last week in South Carolina, because I had to find something I'd never done before, I ran the church three times. I'd never run a church three times. And, you know, they had this bottleneck at the back, and so it got clogged back there. So, And also we ran the church clockwise. Now, y'all think this is crazy, and I'll admit it's a little bit off, but, but, you know, we always run here at Word of Life. We run this way. I think I'll just take a lap while I'm on it. Hallelujah. I think I'll just, woo, praise God. But then I started running clockwise. Woo, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I can run it clockwise and counterclockwise now. Well, that's a little hokey. That's a little weird. I'm free. I'm getting free. You know, just if you can't handle it, just stand by while I get free. And it may slop over on you and you get a little free. Open a door for God to move in and for you to move out. Open, give him something to work with. Give him something to multiply. Get him something to bless. Get him something to hook on to. Just anything. Something new. Because the old is so slick and worn. He can't do it. Romans chapter 8. Are you there? I'll have to teach y'all how to go with the scriptures in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, literally the senses, but after the Spirit. And then it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there's no condemnation. The Amplified says... Uh, there is therefore now no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. So we've got to get over out of the flesh. Now, it may seem like you're getting in the flesh to get in the Spirit. In other words, we didn't just spiritually run this morning. Lap one. Lap two. <laughs> No, we literally lifted our legs, girded up the loins of our britches, and took off in the flesh. 
but it was very spiritual. It was very spiritual. The reason you know is because the flesh binds and the spirit frees. So now that I'm free there, I can be free in my body. I can be free in my mind. I can, I can set my mind for action. Now here's the deal. Y'all believe that every one of our children potentially has the ability to be the president of the United States or something along that line, that, that, that every one of us could say, my kid's smart enough and bless God. Nobody in here thinks their kids could? Well, I could. Mine can. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God has invested in you that same caliber of, of thing where he said, I've put the good stuff in my kids. I didn't put any gimpy things. I didn't limit them and say, you know, I can't ever have everybody showboating. I got to limit some of them so the rest of them look good. He put the maximum on all of our babies. And he put the maximum in all of his babies, you and me. So here's the thing. If we leave this earth, if we leave, whether we depart by the, by the will of man, we just say it's time for me to go, kiss all your babies goodbye and head out, or if we go by the rapture, which is the preferred accommodations in this day and age, hallelujah, then we need to go looking back and saying, like Paul said, I've completed my course, I've run my race, I've finished my task. You can't really see, say you're tired of this life until you've done that. Well, we can't do it in our present state. How many of y'all know where it is right now with most of us in here? You can't go there. You've got to have something more added. Well, you can't just sit there and grind it. I'm believing God. I'm just believing God. Yeah, it's not, it's not by that. It's by faith. God, I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free, not just to be free from the troubles of this world, the flesh, the troubles of the devil. Y'all hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate the devil. But really, he's not even at fault many times. It's the flesh that gets us. I hate the devil. Well, it's your flesh that's probably got you in more trouble than the devil. We've probably given the devil some ideas, hallelujah, down the years. I never thought of that. That's good. That'll go straight to hell, hallelujah. <laughs> so we got to get what's in us out of us. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the senses but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I, I just like to park there. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I am walking by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the man that sins shall surely die. That is the law of sin and death. Well... <laughs> Before Jesus, that's where we were. But now we've been born again. I've been made new. I'm renewed. I'm a new creation. So now I live by the law of the spirit of life. Well, now it doesn't matter. I'm free. You're not over me. The devil's not over me. My parents aren't over me. This world system's not over me. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. So I'm free to be all that God wants me to be. And so i got to do some adjusting because I've been living like the world lives. 
not, whoa, whoa back that thought up. Where, where are y'all going with that? No, I'm not talking about I'm living like the world. I'm talking about I'm in the world and it has influenced me. Could I get a witness in here this morning? You know, and it's not that you have to be weird, that you have to, you know, have to stick out. But on the other hand, we don't conform to this world, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We, have, we set our mind for action that says, I'm rich in God. I'm healed in God. I'm a lover and not a fighter. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I got so much here yet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to 2 Timothy, and we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just buzz by that, and then we'll quit. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We looked at this, but let's look at it again, because here's the key. I'm telling you all about how there's some things in the Bible that talk to us about how to live in the Spirit, how to be free, how to get over there in God, because you can't just grit your teeth and just say, I'm ready, God, just bring it. That doesn't do it. you got to position yourself. you got to get yourself where God is. A lot of people say, I'm here, and if God wants to bless me, he can come here. But heaven says this, I'm pouring it out here. If you want to get blessed, go here. That's how God does it. (laughs) He doesn't just just move it to you. You've got to find out where he's already moved it and get there. That was real good preaching for just a moment there. Had a little little flash right there. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, uh, Verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word. Okay, Timothy, preach the word. Then he said, be instant in season and out of season. We looked at that two weeks ago. He said, be instant. And, and we found out the word means, instant means to be ready, to be on standby, to be present and in place, to be ready for a suddenly. In other words, lots of Christians, they got to think about it. It's got to come by many times and hear from many voices before they'll go, I could do that. I I might take a little dab of that. In other words, they've got to see it happen over and over, and it's totally in. It's totally got to bypass their unrenewed mind, their mind that's not ready, their mind that wasn't expecting it, their mind that's already said no. No, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I'm not going to get out there. Those young pups can get out there and run, but, but I'm 50 or 60, and I'm not running the aisles or whatever. All this weird clogging up stuff that's in our head. (laughs) How can I run the aisles at church and be dignified at my bank? Woo, praise God. So he said, uh, um, be instant. Be prepared, be ready. Means uh, stand by, be on standby. Be present and in place to be ready for a suddenly. Churches, churches all over town, they're not ready for anything except to get out at 12. That's all they're looking for. And I know this, and I don't want to be critical, but I'm just saying I know churches in West Texas that they're mad at the pastor if he goes past 12. And you've got to understand, if he isn't saying anything, you might as well just, you know, know, and if he's saying it again because you didn't get it, you just might as well just cut the suffering off and all go to Arby's or whatever. But, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, bring it on. We don't want to go home. We've been waiting all week for this. 
And it's not all about the pastor. It's all about us. Not just, with, you know, because we talked about the first week, don't make me come out there and entertain you. We ought not to go to churches to get entertained. And, don't, don't, and we should not go to churches for religion. Where we just bring in the sheaves every, every Sunday. It's the same thing. The old, you know, tired and worn. and You know, like I said, everybody just exchange your bulletin and it's the same. We ought to have something that goes, this is, this is putting a fire under my boiler. This is, this is making me not only make it, I got something to go out there and change the world with. And so he said, be instant. Be instant. Be prepared. Be on the edge of your seat. Don't let anything go by. Take notes. You ought to take notes. You, ought, you know, there ought to be something in every service that you could say, God, I'm expecting at least something for me in every service. Maybe just a little word, maybe just something from you that is inspired by something somebody says or in a song. But Lord, I know me. I know you. I know me. It won't last if I don't write it down. We ought to write, we ought to have something that at least says, God, I'm instant. I'm ready. But if you come in here with nothing to write on, you're saying, not only am I not ready, I don't give a rip if it comes. I just don't care. I'm, I'm not going to do anything with it anyway. So just let it fly. Just If they get blessed, I'll just get blessed. They got blessed. And I'll say, wasn't church good because I got blessed because they got blessed. No, we ought, to, we ought to get instant. We ought to get ready. We ought to be on the edge of our seat. says, bring it on, Lord. I got to have something hot for this week. Because I got, by the end of this year, I, I need to be... I need to be given this much money. I need to be serving this much in the ministry. I need to be raising at least two people by the end of the year from the dead. And so, Lord, we, we are here taking notes. We are ready for the anointing. But if you're just trying to get to the end of the year and, and you're thinking in July, how are you going to pay for your kids' Christmas presents? You know, we're not on the same page. We're, we're probably not going to get an anointing for Christmas presents. Be instant in season. Well, that word in season we found out is the word of timely harvest. It's uh, literally, I looked it up, and it means the convenient and expected opportunities. So right now, we're coming into the natural world. We're coming into fall, and there's going to be a natural cotton. We saw corn coming to, to church this morning. They're going to harvest corn. Corn coughs, comes off early, and so there'll be, it'll be a natural thing. In other words, the farmer's going to go out there, and he says, I planted it, I waited the time, and the expected harvest is going to be in late September for, for corn. But what do you do when it's not the expected harvest? When you go to a field and it doesn't seem to have anything. He said, be instant in season. When you think that Uncle Jack's breathing hard and you're going, come on, Brother Jack, Uncle Jack, you know. <laughs> if you go, I'll be there at your will. Hallelujah, Uncle Jack. No, we're talking about not just that. We're talking about what if there's nothing around that you can put your finger on that you can say, this is how it's going to come. I'm going to be instant. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. There's going to be an unexpected from somebody in Texas that's going to put $9,000 or whatever I need. I don't have to know who or how or when, but I believe I'm ready to receive. Yeah, when the healing evangelist comes, woo, everybody's going to come to church. It's got a, got a boo-boo and got a, a hurty-hurt and all that. We're all going to come, and we're going to get the healing guy to lay hands on us. But what if it's just, uh, what if we're going to have a, one of them cash boys come up here and, and preach one Wednesday night? Hold on. Well, you know, I believe I'll stay home tonight. There's nothing going to happen there. Could it be the sparks would fly? We'll get Mr. McD up here, and he'll start, you know, like a windmill preaching and carrying on and laying hands on everything, and they'll be... See, we got to be ready in season and out of season. 
The word used there is the same word I told you in Mark chapter 11 where Jesus went to the tree and looked for figs and he says the season for figs was not. It's the same word. So are you ready? You have needs when you come into this church. And the Lord Jesus has one focus, meeting those needs. We don't worship him in exchange for that. It's just that we're so full of love for our God. If we don't get anything from him, we're just excited about Jesus. Jesus is in the house. He is worthy. He is awesome. He is more than enough. He's my Lord, my King. He's my everything. But, you know, you can't sow something without having an expectation. So, you know, the Lord's just going to see you where you are, and he's going to cause things to happen that meet your need in season and out. Instant in season and out. Instant in season and out. I'm instant. I'm ready. I'm prepared in season, the time of opportune harvest, and out of season. I'm ready for the out of season. When it doesn't look like it could happen, I'm ready for it to happen. When it looks like it, it, there's nothing here that could possibly produce what I need, but I'm ready because Jesus is on the throne. And if he has to drop a heart, a new heart by an angel coming through the wall, which is what happened to Joe Morris a number of years ago, an angel brought a woman a new heart. Two, was it two angels? Yeah, one, just one had the heart. They didn't have to hold hands or anything. They Just one of them had the heart. And uh, Joe just said, I, he, I, the angel said, I've got a heart here for so-and-so. And Joe just spoke it out, said, well, the angels are here, got a heart, and he's bringing it to this, to this woman. Went to the doctor the next day or whatever, and he said, my, my, you've got a new heart, brand new heart. Amen. Well, you, you wouldn't expect that unless you were instant, unless you were prepared. Until you were willing to do something you've never done before for the first time. And as soon as you get through doing that, then there's always the next thing that you can do for the first time. In other words, none of us have knocked it all out. I've done everything that could be done for the first time. No, you open one door, go in, and what's on the other side? Another door. And that's how you get there. People want the one door to do it all. Well, I got saved. What happened? Where's it at? Well, I went to the healing meeting. Where's it at? Someone told me, you know, after a meeting, you know, he got healed by somebody in his body. And, uh, whoo, praise God, it was a great healing, too. I remember it was a great healing. Well, this same person came back, and this person had another need. And, and so he prayed for him, and uh, I talked to him later, and he said, oh, he didn't have it this time. He had it the first time, but he didn't have it this time. How many of y'all know that's just a little misguided? God's got it. <laughs> I said he's got everything you need. So we're, we're, we're just, we're borrowing every vessel. I'm laying hold of every vessel. Lord, would running around the room be a vessel? Yeah, that'd help. It could help. Now, it could be a place where you've drug every running vessel in. That running then all of a sudden isn't a vessel anymore. Because you've run and you've, you've clockwise and you've twisted and you've went down the middle and you've taken shortcuts. and you, you know, all of a sudden you've borrowed every vessel concerning running that there is to run, to borrow. And so you've got to go, well, that's, that's full. What else, Lord? And he's got more vessels. He wants you to have a capacity for the move of God. I said a capacity for the move of God. You can get it by experience, by going and watching somebody else, but you know you'll always just say, that's how they do it. Or you can get it by revelation. When the Lord tells you, this is how we're going to do it. Let's stand up this morning. Praise the Lord. Woo!